Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We're waiting for Erin. Erin Aaron was here, right? I hear her saying my name. Stop saying my name when I'm not around. I didn't say your name. I heard you say Erin. No, Aaron. no, I said Erin was standing right here. I don't right care what you're they saying about me right now. I don't are. want you to say you my name. You guess what? Get out of my face. I'm not getting out of here first. Get out of I did not say your name. Get Take these glasses when you're Excuse talking to me, me, first of all. Do not listen. grab me. Listen. Do not grab no, you me. Give me my sunglasses. I'm not listening to you. Listen. Give your sunglasses. You are not allowed to my. You took my phone. You are not allowed to You had my Phone. You had from. my phone. Get away from me. Why did you have my phone? Get away from me. Why do you have my phone? Move, I'm not Why Get you away from me right Chai. now. Get Try away from me. I'm not going to try you. fall y'all it's the first day of fall thank you for being patient with me as we had this delayed housewives friday over here at everyone's business but mine with me cara berry i'm gonna be doing like light ish recaps because y'all have already heard them at this point but i was really just gonna be like "Eh, maybe i'll just skip out on this episode but episodes were so good i have to talk about them so let's talk about roni before we get into salt lake we're still in Anguilla with the girls, and it starts off with Erin telling Bryn what she missed at the dinner that she tapped out of, right? And how Jessel told her life story, and that she feels like Jessel feels like basically other she like Jessel hears other people's life stories, like how hard Bryn's life was growing up, or Sai, and that she kind of wants to like act like this is also her reality when it isn't. And then we see more of them going in on Jessel at the dinner and 
how it's almost like a competition where Jasmine will say one thing and Sai would like leapfrog off of that. Well, I only had $20 in my bank account. I had negative 480,000. Okay. So $20 would have been a dream for me. I wish I could have lived with my family when Jessel says that she couldn't afford her own place. And so she lived with her uncle while she had an internship. And I think here's what's getting lost in translation. I think there's clearly a miscommunication as to like what suffering is, what a hard upbringing is. I have to assume that with regard to Jessel's life, she had parents who worked very hard didn't have too much made something of themselves her other family members made something of themselves they met yoji yamamoto we all heard the stories right and i think she probably lives a very like good life now and i think she probably lived a a middle class existence with parents who worked very hard and so that it, her parents her family story is part of that it's like threaded throughout you know her life but then they think that she's bullshitting and being like oh like acting like her life wasn't privileged because her parents paid for her college or whatever and I also think <clears throat> that Jessel's parents are married and I think that that, like, creates a different view of what people view as, like, privileged behavior on account of their parents. So, like, I'm a child of divorce, and I could see from Sai's perspective how she might be like, oh, your parents will do this, that, and the third for you. My parents wouldn't do that. So, aka, your privilege, which is true, but it's also just, like... I don't really know how to explain it. It's just like a difference in lifestyle. I, I don't know. Mostly I found this whole comparison really whack and unnecessary. So the ladies end up going on a boat, not yacht, as Jessel calls it later. And Aaron asks the captain to like, oh, just jokingly, let me know when it's safe to throw somebody over the boat, right? And we find out that Uba had pushed Aaron into the pool earlier, and now Aaron's, like, hell-bent on being a merry prankster and getting her back since she started it. Y'all, I don't like a prank. Don't prank me, okay? Don't, like, don't throw me into anything. Don't, I don't like them, okay? You can prank me with nice stuff. But I don't want to be made a joke of. I just don't. And I don't like people who have Aaron's energy of like, you did something, so I have to get you back. <laughs> this is like game now. Like, ugh, I, ugh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like it. So then Uba and Jessel give Bryn their side of what happened at dinner. So Bryn's already heard from Aaron and Sai, like, oh, Jessel's lying. So now she's getting the, the actual side from Uba and Jessel. And basically, like, it just feels like they, meaning Sai and Aaron, wanted this very specific information. Timelines of Jessel's uh, moving to New York and how long she lived with her uncle and how long, you know, this, that, and the third. And they just, like, would not accept any of the answers that she gave. Like, didn't want to accept the fact that she said she grew up with nothing. Uba says in a confessional... At this point, like, what's the difference? What's $20 in a bank account compared to, like, negative? It's both, both of it's broke, right? And Jessel says, one, I wouldn't lie about being poor. And two, 
there wouldn't be a reason for me to say that I didn't come from wealth. If I came from wealth, I would be loud and proud about it. And I think, you know, <laughs> I, I feel her on that. Like, I do believe that Jessel would say that if, if that were true. <laughs> Brandon's storyline for the whole episode, like, we could just get this out of the way, is flirting with Jenna Lyons, um, telling Jenna Lyons that she's attracted to sex, successful New Yorkers. But, like, let me not get too deep because I don't want Bryn popping off on me like she did Bravo and Botox. Like, if if y'all don't know, <laughs> ask somebody. <laughs> Figure it out. I don't want that smoke. So Bryn tells Aaron and Cy what Jessel said. Like, Jessel thinks that y'all are, like, being weird to her. And Cy tells Jessel, well, it's just like the answer's never simple with you. On whether or not you got no help, Cy's like, like, the math isn't mathing. And like, you know, you said you wouldn't have been able to move to New York without your uncle's help. So Aaron tells Jessel, you just don't really get what we're trying to say because you're just trying to constantly say that your life is so hard, but that wasn't your reality. Like, it's okay. My parents helped me like, just admit it. And then Sai starts yelling at Jessel about like talking about her parents coming from Kenya when they just wanted to hear about your life. But it's like, not for nothing we heard about your mama may she rest like isn't that part of your story why can't she have that be part of her story like okay maybe she didn't herself move from kenya but still i I don't know i don't know what sai wants like if people are like i just don't like your answer i'm not going to accept the answer that you give me then what do you want? Why don't you just like sit quietly to yourself and think the answer that you want in your head and maybe you'll find some peace. Maybe you'll calm down a little. Honestly, Sai's like annoying as fuck because these demands that people be open and say this and that and the third, but it's also like so arbitrary to like what you find acceptable or what you find is like transparent or what, you know, it's all on like Sai and Aaron's rubric of what is good or bad and like how are how is anybody supposed to run their lives based on that pass anyway at dinner Bryn tells the ladies you know you don't even have to suck anything or learn anything about giving ahead if you just act like you're choking on it they love it <laughs> girl okay and then the ladies start sharing their embarrassing stories uh with Bryn starting her period and putting a tampon in her butt because she didn't know that there was another hole Wow. Uh, Jessel wound up topless in a club in Cancun and was like, un- unbeknownst to her, her bra had fallen. And you would have thought that Aaron and Cy were at a fucking deaf comedy jam. Like, apparently this was the kind of story that they wanted to hear. And this was like the acceptable thing of, of Cy embarrassing herself. And they thought it was the funniest shit you've ever heard. And granted, it was funny, but y'all were laughing a little too hard. You you know what I mean? Like, okay, great. But I'm I'm glad we're not complaining about this not being real enough for you. Jenna fell down a flight of stairs at an expensive restaurant and got picked up by Ray Fines or something. I don't know. Cy once shit herself during a track meet. Uba got chased down by a guy at the club. And because she's so beautiful, she figured that man was just trying to hit on her. She was trying to get to her favorite song, which I wish we had known which one it was. So she's like, what do you want, man who wants me? And he's like, oh, you've been trailing toilet paper since the bathroom. So she left after that. And Aaron's, you guys ready for this? Was that um, recently one of her children embarrassed her on the plane by crying. 
But Jessel's stories are not enough. Okay. When they get back to the house, the driver is like, oh, somebody left their phone in the car. So Aaron's like, oh, that's Uba's phone. Don't tell anybody. Everybody, like, don't tell Uba that I took her phone, right? So Uba's still under the impression that she's going to be gotten back by being pushed in the pool by Aaron. So they're, like, going back and forth about it. And Uba's like, just push me now. Like, whatever. She gets a little too close to the pool. And Sai, speaking of her, her uh, track era... Did a, did a whole like 50, 50 yard dash over to Uba and pushes her with all her full force into the pool. But of course, that's not enough for our merry prankster. And Aaron's like, well, that doesn't count because I'm not the one who pushed you. So like, you still got something coming. Little unbeknownst to her, her iPhone is in her bedroom, right? So the next morning, Uba's pissed. And Sai's sitting there in the downstairs and Uba's like telling Sai, like, I have a family. You know, I need to know that they know that I'm okay. I need to be able to communicate with them. And Sai's like, listen, Aaron was pranking you. Uba says, but you already pushed me to the pool. It was done. And Sai's like, oh, well, that didn't count for her. And she's like, well, that's not my problem. Like, Aaron was too pussy to push me in the pool. That was it, right? So Uba explains to us in a confessional that when she realized her phone was lost, she went downstairs to go look for it, and Jessel who was she's staying with came down to help her right and then they used jessel's phone to send a group text being like hey do you know where uba's phone is and aaron responds with the like hmm like guy with the hand over his chin like oh weird emoji right and so they ask again and then she responds with like a couple other emojis but uba says she that got lost in translation she didn't really know that that meant oh i'm the one who has her phone and then Sai tells us that she is a light sleeper so she came out to see what was going on noticed that they were looking for the phone and then she kind of whispers to jessel oh uh aaron has uba's phone and that's how they figured it out so they go to the room to aaron's room and, and uba tells us that aaron was like cackling hag hag like in nature <laughs> in the bed laughing about having the film and so uba's like i'm actually pissed at aaron and Sai, and like it was very serious but aaron typical behavior she's been doing this damn near every episode she gets to be pissed off about whatever the fuck but as soon as she does something with somebody else it's already minimized oh whatever like it was just a joke it's just a prank this is so stupid why would she be mad at me like i was so chill about the pool so you know like i would have maybe not been and like okay that's maybe a slightly fair point but um yeah she just like tends to be like when it comes to her like she's allowed to do everything and nothing is allowed to be done to her otherwise there will be hell to pay so uba's like blanking them because they're sitting for at the breakfast table uba's walking up walks right past them gives her little smoochies to Bryn, and says nothing to aaron and Sai. and all of a sudden aaron's like wow wow i'm scared you're scared of what of somebody not paying attention to you like i hate when people do this to black women this like a, a black woman does not pay attention to you suddenly you're terrified you're just so i'm shaking i'm physically shaking like what do you think is gonna happen what what do you think like all of a sudden we're just gonna pull out a knife and, and stab you right in the face like what what so they're about to go on a rum tour all the girls are waiting towards the entrance they're waiting for the 
vehicles to pull up and Uba just says something like, oh, where did Aaron go? She was just here. Very innocent, right? But Aaron hears her name. She went to go get something. She comes back. She's like, I'm hearing my name. Like, what's going on? Stop it. Somebody's saying my name. Stop saying that. I don't care what you're saying right now. Like, I just don't want you to say my name. Oh, I thought you were so scared. You were just so terrified just a minute ago. But now you're anti-Beyonce. Don't say my name. Say my name. So Uba walks up to her and is like, you need to take your glasses off for you talking to me. And Aaron's like, no, you're not allowed to speak to me like that. And, you know, like, I just had your phone. It really wasn't the big, big of a deal. But Uba's like, no, no, no. Like, it was really disrespectful. And Aaron's like, no, no, no. You need to get away from me. You you need to get away from me. And, and it's just bullshit. Absolute bullshit would i have been that upset as uba it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Probably not, but I do see where Uva's coming from. I I get it. And the uh, somebody made a point, I think it was maybe Jessel, of... If this had, ha- well, basically, like I said, if this had been done to Aaron, she would have been really pissed because, you know, she's got a husband and kids and she would have pulled that card, that card that Uba doesn't have, you know? So let's really put some perspective on that. And Aaron had the nerve to, when Jessel tried to be a friend to Uba by being like, hey, Uba's really pissed off. What are you, her representative? She's like, no, I'm just telling you how she feels because I'm the one who had to hear it, bitch. Um, if y'all did not see on Instagram, Uba posted about the trip and the caption was this trip. We had a blast in Anguilla. It was an amazing time with the girls, but that last day turned into some roller coasters. It's tough trying to capture everything that happened over 24 hours in one or two episodes and they don't. So we're left to explaining ourselves. Oh, that phone prank. Just the tip of the iceberg, or should I say the seethe. Plenty more happened that drove me to be even more upset, and that never made it into the episodes. Get ready for the union reunion where the, we're spilling all the beans and setting the record straight. And with that, I think maybe we should move on to Salt Lake. I never said you do porn. Pornography I didn't, I didn't porn. say porn. You, you said, said pornography. No, you called. She called me, Heather. What was it? Predator. Predator. You call me and my husband a predator. Here's the thing. We just have to be honest about the fact that Mary Cosby is absolutely an asset to this show. She's a menace. She's weird with a capital W, but she's necessary. And we 
we praise her for that. <laughs> so last episode, Whitney and Angie K showed up early to the Trixie Motel, right? Unbeknownst to the rest of the ladies. So in the beginning of this episode, the ladies, the rest of them rather, all arrive at the motel. Everyone's super excited, except for Mary, who has no idea who Trixie Mattel is. She's like, is that a person? Like, I'm confused on what Trixie is. I would die for a series where Mary Cosby meets drag queens. Like, Mary, if we could get Mary to do a Welcome to Crappy Lake with somebody, uh, (laughs) it would be the highest rated show on Bravo. I really believe that. So Lisa tells Trixie, first things first, I lost my ring, Trixie, with 60 Gs. And then Trixie says, oh, well, the other ladies are here. And Whitney and Angie K come out like, here are our special guests to the Trixie Motel, Angie K. Meredith at first doesn't respond, probably because, let's be honest, whatever pill she took to get on this plane, probably still coursing through her bloodstream still in its half-life in her body but she does say in a confessional this is incredibly ill-mannered and rude i can't imagine inviting somebody without telling the hosts and then mary and angie hug but mary says in a confessional who's angie (laughs) great question they get it they get a tour of the trixie motel uh Angie gets the cool cowboy room. Whitney takes the suite. It's just a disaster (laughs) waiting to happen. So then Lisa and Angie and Whitney are just hanging out by the pool. They're talking, right? And both Lisa and Whitney are both like, wow, we find it so hard to believe that you wouldn't have been invited here in the first place. Meredith walks out to go to Heather's room, walks right past them, doesn't say a word to them. So it's just 10 seconds of silence of them just being like, mm well, that's awkward. She goes into Heather's room and Heather's like, what's going on? This is your trip. And Meredith is like, you know, there's bigger things going on. So that reflects on her, not me. More on that later. Angie's outside by the pool with her V. Stiviano glasses talking about how fake Meredith is for not inviting her. And I know that this is like, we're not breaking the fourth wall because they must know that Angie has signed a contract. And Meredith is trying to ice her out of filming. And this is what all of this is about, right? But we can't really say that. With that being said, I'm still 100% team Meredith. I would not be wanting Angie to hop on a Southwest flight to come to the Trixie Motel and drink Cosmopolitans with me either. And that's just my truth. Food comes out for the ladies by the pool. Mary goes to get some food. And instead of just walking to the chairs, she walks around the entirety of the pool. And Angie's like, hey, girl, come sit lunch next to us. And Mary goes, stop talking to me like that. I don't like that. And then she just ends up sitting in the closest chair to Angie anyway. (laughs) So Mary asks Whitney and Angie, why are you here early? And Whitney's like, well... I'm friends with Trixie, and when I found out we were coming, I just called and asked if I could come down early. And Mary's like, well, that feels childish. (laughs) So Angie's like, well, it's childish to you, but Winnie's trying to be inclusive. But Mary's like, I wasn't talking to you. (laughs) I, you know what I mean? (laughs) 
if we could live our lives like Mary Cosby for about 45 minutes, just imagine. Imagine what that would be like. <laughs> then Meredith comes out with gift bags for the ladies around the pool, right? She's like, here's one for you. For you. Whitney, this one's for you. Not you, Angie. Lisa, this is for you. And of course, Angie's like, oh, I bet those are just things that she already got anyway. Just samples of things that she already had. Oh, 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 I don't get one. No, you don't get one. She did not know that you were here. We're supposed to uh, pack an extra gift bag for Angie? Like, no. Why? She's, this is why I get mad at Angie. It's like, she gets increasingly angry about being left out of something that she was left out from beginning. So you're the guest of a guest, girl. And now you're feeling hot in the pants and under that visor over being left out of things but you know you would not be feeling so bad about this happening in your face if you didn't show up to something that you were invited to in the first place at that point meredith announces that they're going to be doing a fun little girls thing where they're going to pair off it's going to be her and lisa bad weather uh monica and mary and um, you know, Angie, I didn't know that you were going to be here, but you can go alone or with Whitney if you want. And Angie's like, yes, thanks for acknowledging that you didn't invite me. And Monica goes, ew. <laughs> right out the gate, we're sassy with the hostess. Ew, girl. So Angie gets upset and tells Monica that she's way out of line because that was her friend. But the minute she could take up for somebody else, she could do that. But like, babe. Nobody in America blames Monica for that. I would too. I, if I could jump ship of the USS Angie K, I'd be doing it too. And also she was being rude. Like typically I don't like a flip-flopping ass bitch or a bitch that like goes on to greener pastures. But in this case, Monica did what she had to do. And that was unnecessary. So the ladies get ready to go shopping. But Angie starts talking about how fake Monica is being. Monica, my girl goes into her room and is like, I can hear you guys. Just sounds like you're really upset, Angie. So Angie's like, oh, you're just like right out the gate telling me that I'm rude, but you need to check in with me. And Monica's like, I mean, you were rude. And honestly, as your friend, I'm letting you know that it sounded condescending to talk to her like that. So I'm actually being a great friend to you. So the ladies go shopping for each other for whatever reason monica and mary have to go to a different store but we love it because the first thing that mary says when she walks in is somebody farted the way this woman her olfactory system works is just truly incredible it sounds like hell all she smells is hospital and people's bowel movements with that being said mary gets mvp for outfit picking because monica that outfit that she picked out for her Monica definitely fared the best by far, <laughs> by far than anybody else. Heather over at the other store takes one look at Lisa's outfit with the sheer top and the belly dancer chain. And she says in a confessional, I think Meredith is living out her fantasy with Lisa. You think she wants to wear double breasted blazers and flare pants to every activity? No. <laughs> Lisa's pissed. She's like, obviously Meredith hates me. Whitney's outfit looks like uh like American Psycho but like goes to Salt Lake City and then Whitney dresses Heather like Arsenio Hall like if Arsenio Hall went to a slot machine in Reno not even Vegas Reno 
But Heather is like loving her life with the leather bomber jacket and the studded hat that says cat mom on it for whatever reason. But <laughs> Whitney goes, should we all see what Angie's wearing? And Heather goes, who? Oh, I f- forgot she was here. <laughs> and then, of course, Angie managed to find herself some Greek thing and be like, I'm Greek, guys. This is a nod to my, my heritage. It's like, we got it, girl. We got it. Lisa keeps going on and on about the ring. It's clearly annoying Monica. She's rolling her eyes in the corner, just being like, ugh, looking at Trixie Mattel, horrified. It's a whole thing, right? Then they find out on the way that the restaurant they're going to is actually a five-star restaurant. Lisa starts to melt down because, to be fair, it's not... The outfit wasn't horrible. Like, she looked hot in it. But it was costume. Like, I don't know what we were thinking with the the sandals. But anyway, she goes, you know, my shopper in Milan prepared me for this. And now I'm in a knockoff Givenchy top and a skirt that I stole from a Middle Eastern dancer. Now, this is not the fun girls trip I was hoping for. This is the shining. Soon enough, two twins are going to knock on the door and say red rum. When they get to the dinner, Whitney goes around the table and asks if they can play a game to get to know each other better. Oh, God. And Mary's like, no. (laughs) That's so me. (laughs) Heather says her fun fact is that she's into birds. Meredith's fun fact is that she used to go visit her grandparents in Palm Springs. Like, girl, what? What? During uh, Heather's bird watching story, Mary talks about how she had an African gray at one point, and she tells us in a confessional that the the, the bird was uh, uh weird and always wanted Mary to look at her. <laughs> it was like having a cat that could fly. Why would Mary think that the bird wanted to look at her, wanted her to look at the bird? What? How did that happen? You know. Mary's fun fact is that she's a loner and everybody just laughs because it's like duh girl you didn't even want to do this <laughs> Angie's cornball well for some of you who don't know me you might think that I'm a badass but I'm actually really sensitive that's your fun fact bitch Lisa's like I just got my first second piercing so I'm so naughty and then Monica is like y'all are boring boring with the I'm sensitive I journal I do poetry you guys I fucked my brother-in-law for 18 months and Mary goes okay well cheers to that (laughs) I am sensing a burgeoning friendship between Monica and Mary and I'm liking it I'm really liking it so then that game flops so Whitney's like well let's play a game called warm and fuzzy cold and prickly so Heather says she goes to Angie and says, you know, I my warm and fuzzy is that I've known you the longest, but my cold and prickly is that I don't trust you. And basically, she accuses Angie of being a homie hopper, basically starting with Jen. Now she's moving on to Lisa. And she says in a confessional, I just don't trust that Angie's trying to suck the biggest dick in the room. She, I've known her since high school. Basically, I like I thought we should be friends, but we weren't. And I don't trust her. And she keeps throwing me under the bus. Meredith tells Whitney, my warm and fuzzy with you is that I do feel like your intentions are positive, but Whitney's like, what's the prickly? Did I invited Angie? Meredith says, actually, that's not what I was going to say. I I think you maybe need to work on your communication. But Mary goes, Meredith, no, that's not what you were saying. You were talking about her bringing her friend today. You didn't like that. And Meredith goes, well, 
I'm not getting into that right now. And so Whitney goes, well, Mary already told me that I was childish to bring, to come early. But, you know, Trixie's my friend too. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, girl. Oh, and what? You came 45 minutes early. Like, it's not really... <laughs> It's not that deep. Monica tells Lisa, my warm and fuzzy with you is honestly that you came in here in, in a bikini. Like, I think you're a really good uh, sport for showing up in a thong, basically. But my prickly, honestly, I'm a mother going through a divorce. I've got four daughters and I'm just like going through a lot right now. And I just, you know, you're talking about the, you know, my $60,000 ring, my $60,000 ring. Like, it's just kind of a lot. Lisa's like, I didn't bring it up that much, but I hear you. I hear you. And then there's a montage of like the seven times that she's brought it up. <laughs> my ring, my 60K ring, it's an emerald cut. It's a big one. Look, it's a big one. Uh, should I call my jeweler? Lisa says something actually pretty horrible in a confessional, which is, what's your deal with me, Monica? When you can afford to buy a $60,000 ring, you'll care about it too. Shut the fuck up. And this is where I'm like, ooh. The, the, the nastiness came out. I, I think this is like low-key Mormon nastiness. Like they, they work on like a prosperity mindset. Like it, you do good things and they come back tenfold or whatever. Some version of that. Right. And I just was like a little, cause then she went on to say like, Oh, you know, like I work hard and Angie's like, yeah, or not Angie. Um, Monica's like, yeah, we all work hard. She's like, well, uh, it was just a little, like, poor shamey to me. Not that Monica's poor, but, you know. You know what I mean. <laughs> then everybody, thankfully, decides that this game is too mean. So Angie decides to be a cornball yet again. We can't let her have center stage. Don't let her take the floor anymore, okay? Uh, you guys, I just wanted to talk to you about the, about the Greek word of the day, because that's what I share with my family. It's sephical, which means fake. Jesus Christmas. What? Why? Why do we have to do this? Why are you even talking about coming here with an open heart? What do you mean? You weren't invited, girl. Meredith is like, I didn't invite you because you said that you would never be friends with me publicly. And then it's like a back and forth as to whether or not Angie said that. Angie says she absolutely cannot remember that. And that actually... Meredith was really being inappropriate with her. But Meredith is like, I'm actually not interested in you at all. And this makes Arsenio Heather crack up. She's been pounding espresso martinis all dinner long. 
<laughs> and it's catching up to her real bad. So Meredith tells Angie Kay, you can leave. You were not invited by me. You can go. Why do you even want to be here? You're just a user. Don't even want to start with me, sweetie pie. So Angie's like, you know, I've been kind to you, Meredith, and I've supported you. I was on the phone with you about building a house and giving you advice. And Meredith goes, great. I'm happy to write you a check for your time. You can go. And Angie goes, what are you going to write me a check for? Your jewelry that's got cobwebs and dust on it and hasn't sold since 2015. And Monica's like, stop it. Like, you're really gross, Angie. Please stop it. So then Angie just keeps going. You write your life. Everything's fake. Meredith, get out. <laughs> this is embarrassing for me. You can leave. You can leave. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Can we get security? Where's security? And then she gets up and out of her chair to get Chad, who's lower third is waiter, not security. She refuses to leave. She needs to leave. I'm the hostess of the dinner and her behavior is not acceptable. I'd like her to leave. And Chad's like, I, I'll i do whatever whatever I can. So Mary, Mary tells Meredith when she comes back down to the table, like, you know, like, don't let this unravel you, right? You need to get it together. Meredith's like, you are nobody's friend, Angie. You are an ugly human being. There are things going on that are much deeper than this nonsense. Children who are going to be disabled for the rest of their lives. And you know what? I'm not doing it. Peace out. (laughs) And then she starts crying. Like, I'm going to worry about things in this world. I'm out. Lisa escorts her out of the restaurant. Meredith is like, she needs to leave. She needs to go. This is disgusting energy. And Lisa tells her there have been like factors going on that have been hard and a lot for her to deal with. So Meredith is like, no, if I wanted to go for the jugular and the rumors and the nastiness about her, oh, I can do that. You know what? You want me to go there with the husband? (laughs) Meredith left that restaurant and took us on a journey of accents that only a passport would require. It, it was incredible. The, the rumors and the nastiness about her. You want me to go there with husband? <laughs> Meredith Marks is from Chicago. And granted, there is like a large like Polish population. Maybe that's what it was from. Russian. <laughs> you want me to talk about husband? I can go there. I can go there. Lisa says in a confessional, she's trying to start over with Meredith, but there's just like a pattern of when Meredith somebody doesn't like somebody, she will doesn't want them around, and then she'll be like, oh, there's things going on in these streets about you. But she thinks that the real victim in this situation is Angie. <laughs> now, the real victim is me, Lisa, for having to be subjected to Angie. So they get back to the table. Angie K tells Meredith to take a deep breath and how maybe she didn't approach her in the right way. But Meredith's just like weeping now. She's like, you could just go because I've just had enough. So they decide to leave the restaurant. Heather has to be escorted out to the sprinter. <clears throat> Whitney asks Meredith, what else is going on with you? And Meredith is like, you know, it's just, it's friends. 
And I can't get into it. There's just like something going on. It's not good. It's never going to be good, Whitney. It's not good. So Whitney's like, I just think that that's a convenient thing for you to stay. Because like every time I try to talk to you, Meredith, there's always some extraneous thing. So Whitney says in a confessional, there's always something. Her best friend's cousin's dog died. The milkman retired. Her dinner from two weeks ago was cold. It's always something. Most everybody goes back to the Trixie Motel, right? But they're, like, posted up, idling outside of, of, of the motel. But it's Heather, who's got her head in her hands at this point, who's clearly got the spins in the corner. Monica's there. Whitney's still in the sprinter. And here's Mary on the opposite side. Mary is, like, telling Whitney she's fragile. And you attacked her about Meredith. She's taking up for Meredith, right? But when he's like, no, I stood up for myself. And Mary's like, I didn't ask. For, she didn't ask for your opinion. You need to grow up. <laughs> I love Mary and Whitney fighting. Like, just play it on a loop at my funeral. It's just so funny. <laughs> Even the way that Whitney responds to her, like, Mary, that's really hurtful. That's really very hurtful. <laughs> so Mary's like, grow up. You deny everything you do. All I said is you didn't have to say anything to her and own what you do. Own yourself. Own who you are. Stop being this front, this facade. Who's Whitney? The way you talked about me, don't you go there. Don't you talk about our family. I never talked about you, Whitney. I got told about you. You called me a pornography, sweetheart. Pornography. You told the whole group you want to take me down. You went to the dirt for me. (laughs) Whitney's like, I never said that you did porn. And Mary goes, I didn't say that. I said pornography. Heather, what does she say about me? <laughs> Heather just mumbles, predator, predator. <laughs> yeah, you called me and my husband a predator. <laughs> so then they leave, except for Heather, who's really sick. Like, she can't even get from the back of the van out of the van without taking a break. So she sits down and is like, I, I'm scared. Just get me a basket. Close the door. Whitney, get me a basket. And then we hear, yakking. Whitney's like, open the door, open the door, please, please. <laughs> she comes running out when the driver opens. It's like, oh no, I'm getting, I'm getting like sympathy peaks. I can't do this. And the episode ends. <laughs> In just pure humiliating Heather fashion with that studded cat mom hat on the floor of the sprinter, just getting doused with her piss. Because she's puking and peeing her pants at the exact same time. <laughs> oh, I bet that shit smelled like Kahlua for 48 hours and coffee. God bless. Shout out to that sprinter driver. Any sprinter driver who's tasked with having to cart around the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City needs automatic pa- hazard pay. Because what? What's going on? What is going on there? Thank you guys again for being so patient with me this week. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Love you.